It makes you wonder what what Americans could do with with you know two hundred dollars and a trip to Home Depot. Well, the ongoing war in Ukraine has uh, turned a very strange kind of a corner, the kind of corner that gives me a sort of a retro feeling, a back to the future kind of feeling, because a few days ago I saw it for the first time, then I've seen it a couple times since then. It's footage of Russian tanks being destroyed, but it's not a javelin or any of the other things we've talked about. It's footage from directly above the tank. You're looking straight down on the tank. It's like from a hot air balloon. And all of a sudden there's this click and this bomb falls like just like out of the belly of a World War II bomber. One single bomb might even be a mortar round straight down to the bottom. And maybe they adjust the position of the drone that dropped this bomb by a few feet. And I saw one video where they dropped one of these small bombs through the sunroof of a car and exploded inside the car. And it turns out that this latest weapons delivery system is pretty much an off the shelf, fairly large drone. Uh, Steve, on our backstage show, you 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 absolutely nailed it. Uh, you, you called it the democratization of precision guided weaponry, uh, and, and that's really what it is. It, we we've always assumed that that um, that a drone strike would mean a, a predator or or this Turkish drone or something that costs you know millions of dollars and satellite communications and Hellfire missiles and laser guided TV guided GPS guided. No, these things are gravity guided. They fly a drone over a tank and then they push a button and drops a bomb and stabilizes, down it goes, kaboom. We're, we're learning a lot from this conflict in Ukraine in terms of, as famously said, there are the things that we know, there are the things that we don't know, and then there are the things that we don't know that we don't know. This is one of those don't know that we don't know things, but it's certainly fascinating. And, and I think it's going to change the face of warfare because it's doing it right now as we speak. Yeah. You're talking about uh, what I call the Rumsfeld epistemological scale based on that, that, that <laughs> yeah. famous uh, uh, press conference he gave back during the, uh, the first Iraq war. And, so, and he was mocked for that, by the way, but that was a right. profoundly intelligent thing to because say. Because the press is idiots. There's, but he gave, he gave them a very important lesson in epistemology in a very few words. Epistemology, for our, some of our viewers might not know, is just the study of how we know what we know. And Rumsfeld said there are known knowns. These are the things we know, and we know that we know them, and we pretty much got that stuff covered. There are known unknowns, which is to say there are things that we don't know, but we know where to look. And then there are unknown unknowns, which is probably best defined in war as stuff is blowing up and we have no idea why. <laughs> and it's the unknown unknowns that turn around or that, that come you. up at you from behind and, you know, bite you in the butt. Exactly. Um, and this has been a fascinating war. It's uh, I mean, I hate to be kind of glib about people dying, especially in, in such numbers and in, in the absolute wreckage of uh, Ukraine's civilian infrastructure. But this has been the first selfie war, if if you'll allow me to be glib like that. Yeah, we I have, know it is. We have soldiers almost in real time, and I think in some cases in real time, uploading what they're doing to, uh, to TikTok, to YouTube, to, to Twitter. And we're Finding these things, we are seeing these things almost as close to real time as can be imagined. Um, and it's the exact opposite of 
some of the awful, stupid stuff that was going on in Vietnam. There were stories of Lyndon Johnson, the commander in chief, the United States Armed Forces, giving instructions to individual squads, thanks yeah. to satellite communications, just micromanaging idiot. And by the way, he never actually served. He had no idea what he was doing. Um, and now we're at a, we're, we're, we've now evolved to a place technologically where individual soldiers or, or very small units of soldiers, squads or fire teams, um, have the ability to do the opposite. They can take initiative in ways that you always want your infantrymen to be able to take, but uh, at a scale that has never been possible before, with an accuracy that has never been possible before, uh, and with the depth of fire that's never been possible before. Usually, if you it used to be, if you were an infantryman, you had to be able to see that thing you were shooting. Now it's a drone a few kilometers away, a few hundred feet up in the air that you're operating by remote control. Um, I don't know where this leads, except to say this much. Um, the decision to go to war, I think, uh, to, to launch a war, to start a war, has always been irrational. I don't think it's ever been as irrational as it is now because the defenders have tools that were just right. unimaginable only a few decades before. And I don't know what to tell you, Bill. War is always madness. But um, if we get anything out of this, maybe, just, just, just maybe – It'll finally drive home to some of these leaders just how mad it is. And maybe we can get some peace again. It sure would be nice. War has been ongoing uh, battle between the offense and the defense. A new offensive weapon system, arrows or whatever requires or sword, requires armor. Then you have to come up with another offense to beat the defense. If the, if the offensive uh, aspect of, of technology, of, of military technology is overwhelming, then you're inclined towards wars because – the, the, the person who is on offense wins. If, on the other hand, the defensive uh, technologies are in the ascendancy, that tends to prevent wars, just as you said, Steve. I, I think certainly China is looking at Ukraine and, and, and thinking this whole thing about overrunning Taiwan may not be quite as easy as we originally thought it was when we thought we would be facing Taiwanese tanks and we know how many of those there are. We have no idea how many handheld pocket drones there are in Taiwan, and that complicates the targeting solution some. Scott, uh, when I was doing the research on the atomic bomb thing back in the day at, at PJTV, uh, uh, the United States ended up spending more money on any weapons system, it's actually a combined weapon system, the atomic bomb and, and the, and the uh, B-29s to deliver them. Uh, and we spent an enormous amount of money in order to end this war. Meanwhile, while we were doing this, Japan was preparing by having grandmothers practice with sharpened bamboo spears and training children to run underneath American tanks with explosive packs on their back. This is asymmetrical warfare. Now, uh, just as we were talking about this, I'm thinking, well, if you've got a, a, a basically an off-the-shelf drone dropping mortar rounds directly over tanks, it's just going to be a matter of days, if not hours, if it's not happening already, before somebody gets a $30 remote control car, puts a big piece of explosive on that and drives that thing right underneath the tank and blows that thing up. And so we come to a point, which we've talked about before with the Javelin and so on, where all of these expensive weapon systems are suddenly looking extraordinarily obsolete and that the idea of riding around in a tank now seems like suicide compared to the idea of what it was in World War II, for example, where it had decent protection, 
except against other tanks. Now it's just an armored personnel carrier is just a way to kill 20 people at once instead of one at a time. Russia just celebrated the victory over Germany day and Vladimir Putin sat uh, under his blankie uh, on Red Square and watched these uh, this parade. And it just occurred to me while you guys were talking about this, that the traditional Russian military parade with, you know, goose-stepping soldiers and, and missiles on trucks and, and mm -hmm. heavy artillery kind of things and tanks and armored personnel carriers, um, that President Putin should look at that and say, Behold my liability. Behold the burden. Um, because it has completely this, this asymmetric uh, warfare that is possible with tools that a lot of us have in our own homes um, is just phenomenal. I was thinking, even as you were saying that, I was like, you know, I know when somebody walks by my house, I not only know that when they walk by my house, I see them. I see them in high definition, in full color. I see them wherever I am. I can hear them. I can speak to them. I have this capability for a device that was less than $100 that attaches to the Wi-Fi network, and then I can be at work and know that somebody is banging on my door. That is just the tip of the iceberg of the kind of technologies. I, I will be stunned if somebody hasn't done the remote control car thing yet. I mean, that certainly must have happened by now. Uh, the bad guy in uh, Dirty Harry, the Deadpool. <laughs> 1985 well, in, or six, I think. In actual like battle, you know, I, I, I you know, the, and putting these tools in the hands of individuals and the kind of technology that I have within five feet of me right now. Off the shelf, yeah. Oh my goodness. Like if you had said to my grandfather that I would have the capability of doing, if you told him that in 1930, that I would have this kind of technology around me, he would say, what planet are you from? This is insane. You're nuts. We got to put you away. <laughs> and so I think that this is kind of exciting in the sense of deterring aggression. Yeah. I mean, the core of that is the idea to say, yeah, we could roll in there with a bunch of tanks, but do you realize that if we get stuck in single file on a road during the muddy season, we're screwed because some guy with a drone is going to be dropping stuff through our sunroof? <laughs> I mean, this is major difficulty for these heavy mechanized forces and completely changes everything. Plus the interconnectedness of communication to be uh, able, I heard that there were Ukrainian citizens who were essentially calling in shots to the Ukrainian military, they were they were they took a city the forward website. observers. Yeah. yeah, they took a city website and converted. You may have even told me this, Bill, um, and and converted it for use to say, hey, just you know, send us an email and let us know what you see, and uh, and we'll deal with it. And that kind of thing is why such a mighty power, so-called superpower, going into a relatively minor adversarial situation has been stymied for weeks on end. Yes, and, and all of this, we don't need to rehash any of, of, of the, the points that we've already gone over so many times. But again, the, the, this, this Ukrainian war has shown, I think, every aggressor in the world that these things are not as simple as they used to be. It's no longer a question of how many tanks do you have versus how many tanks do these guys have. It's an entirely different game, and I, and I think that's, that's actually really you know, good for the world. Yeah. I had uh, actually one thought about this, and, and that is, and, and not to take anything away from, from the Ukrainians, but Ukraine is a relatively poor country. It's a, it's 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 not a super high tech country. It makes you wonder what what Americans could do with with hmm. you know two hundred dollars and a trip to Home Depot. Uh, this 
Steve got it exactly right. It is the democratization of precision guided weaponry. Any idiot can afford to make a bomb. It takes a lot less idiocy to make a bomb that will hit its target every time. That used to be a multi, multi-million dollar proposition. The entire U.S. military was designed to destroy Soviet tanks. It's what the A-10 is for. It's what the Abrams is for. Well, it turns out that maybe we don't need you know, multi-million dollar tanks or, or multi-million dollar airplanes, no matter how good they are. Maybe we need $300 in an iPhone and a couple of mortar rounds, and maybe that'll do it. This information revolution is obviously ongoing, but I think that when deep history is written, people will look back at the Ukraine-Russian war of 2022 and, and realize that it was a milestone in, in many ways, as was the Civil War, for example, where an entirely new way of waging war emerges. The Civil War saw the first submarine, saw the first balloons, first air force, basically saw the first large-scale train, lots and Repeating lots of rifles, fortifications. Yeah. Yep, oh, yep. and the, the telegraph was extremely important. And fortifications. They, they just didn't exist. In fact, the, the, the Confederate defenders of St. Peter's of, uh, of Petersburg, south of Richmond, had, had built up their fortifications to the point where they said we should start calling them fifty-fications now. Uh, <laughs> but in all seriousness, the, the world is changing, and and I think it is changing rapidly towards the individual ability of the either individual infantrymen or now in the case an individual citizen has the ability to stop a main battle tank from an enemy aggressor uh, that's the kind of world that's going to be a nice quiet place and uh, and the sooner that the people that send the tanks across the borders realize this uh, the happier all of us will be uh, for Steve Green and Scott Ott, I'm Bill Whittle thanks for joining us we'll see you next time at writing 